Over a century ago in 1896, the bubonic plague broke out in colonial Bombay. Much like the recent pandemic, conversations during the plague also centered around questions of isolation, hospitalization, disinfection, inoculation, and even misinformation. While the British officials maintained detailed records of the various aspects of the plague, local newspapers reported on the public sentiment towards the disease and its colonial management. Our guest for today, Ranjit Kandal Gaonkar, explored one such archive to draw out a subaltern narrative of the bubonic plague. With the support of the Graham Foundation for Advanced Studies in the Fine Arts, we speak to Ranjit about his artistic representation of the historical event and the importance of doing such research a century later. I am Vaishnavi Shukla and this is Architecture of Center, a podcast where we highlight contemporary discourses that shape the built environment but do not occupy the center stage in our daily lives. We speak to radical designers, thinkers and change makers who are deeply engaged in redefining the way we live and interact with the world around us. Interestingly enough, Uh I started watching this Netflix series called Explained. And in the second season just yesterday there's an episode on the next pandemic. And uh, there are all sorts of people so this was this was released back in 2019, 2018 or something. And you have people like the Bill Gates, you know, they're interviewing him and it's like when do you think the next pandemic is going to be and they're like it should be like already being born and you know being transmitted somewhere in the world it's just a matter of time before it becomes a global pandemic and lo and behold you know it actually happened so netflix had to go back and put a disclaimer in the episode description that this was you know recorded like pre covid so and then covid happened after that so your work kind of falls within that that kind of a time and space chronological uh frame where what we're going to talk about today actually happened before covid so it's not like you've you've gone ahead and done all of this because we went through a pandemic it's in fact the other otherwise and you were talking about drawing the bombay plague which is which is a project that you worked on and it's a combination of archival work something that you uh eventually produced as a drawing and i think there's a lot of things to unpack so my first question is is fairly simple what led you to explore a medical emergency that actually took place over 100 years ago so i'm a visual artist and uh, i'm not only visual but i do all sorts of kind of multimedia works etc over the years started off as a painter and kind of in the broad sense i'm all over the place but uh but it's just the way it's happening uh but I was working on a different project. I was working on a project that looked at nineteenth uh, century trusts, and it was a drawing project, and it was doc- documenting community-run institutions. And one aspect of that was the plague, uh, you know, which is like a watershed moment in the city's uh, timeline. So it's a tri- it's a it's a point in the timeline where, uh, like, the Bombay Improvement Trust comes in to improve, uh, you know, conditions. Authorities start paying more attention. that is not only about one type of activity that's happening but also that you have to look back in and take care of the city more all of those things but i was while i was busy at some very much interested in the public health trusts which were kind of stepping in certain kind of work 
you know, in the plague and the post-plague years. So what ended up happening was, uh, like, like for you, for example, just to kind of quickly hop into COVID, like you'll see there are independent people that are now doing tiffin. You know, they start packing food and distributing free food. So in some sense, the public health trusts in the 19th century, which is the time period that I'm looking at, they also kind of start in the objectives of these trusts. They do talk about stepping in to uh, deal with famine, with uh, plague, with any kind of large medical, which will become a medical emergency. So those things cyclically, cyclically, they kind of repeat. So I was interested, especially in public health trusts and and because of that, I started studying the diseases that these public health trusts would have to address. So studying leprosy, cholera, plague, influenza, etc., etc. So yeah, so plague becomes a disease that steps a little bit outside of some of the activities that are happening. And uh, I was very much interested in the beginning few years of the plague because that's when the there's a certain way that the colonial authorities... Uh, react differently from the other pandemics. So just so people know, give a little bit of a background on what years we are actually talking about and what was India back back then because it was we were not really independent. So it was really in a different world altogether. Yeah, so there is, it's basically we are under colonial rule, British rule and it is the plague hits in 1896 and it ironically travels through uh colonial ports which are which is i think yunnan and uh, it, it chinese ports and hong kong is also one another port but it's also under british rule so it's plague comes from the sea and the british authorities were very afraid that it would spread to europe from bombay so the, so it's like a a dragnet it's like a very solid uh, clamp down on the activities once the plague cases start coming up and this is like 1896 so 1896 is when the first few cases uh, start making themselves known and then there's also another aspect of it is with different doctors you know uh, there's coke there's a Valdemir Hafkin so Hafkin is in another part of India and he hears about the plague in Bombay and he comes he sets up a lab in Parel and he actually synthesizes the first kind of vaccine. So I want to I want to get into into that if if now is the right time. So the first thing when I when I saw your work and the first thing that struck me was in terms of the sequence of events, the sheer similarity between the plague that you were studying, you were looking at and eventually representing and something that we all collectively went through together. And uh, there, there seemed to be like this direct translation of certain like salient features of the plague, right? So there's uh, the question of misinformation, which of course all of us saw, but also something that you draw upon from the archival research back in the 19th century. There was a the question of isolation, of hospitalization, and what you just mentioned, inoculation or development of vaccines. Can we pick on some of these like specific things and, and, and talk about it? Yeah, I think what I was really interested in was actually looking primarily at myth, paranoia, fear, how the how it's like I've written it somewhere, like it's about the subaltern imagination. Like 
through and my first access was to look at plague photographs right so there are these there's this database of plague photographs at the welcome uh, in the welcome collection at the welcome library and i i did the i had done some research there in 2016 for the same trust project and what i was always struck by were the people that were always standing around what is happening like so if there is uh, during plague if the authorities are like spraying walls and spraying houses uh, with carbolic acid so there's disinfecting disinfecting is huge it's one of the things that you do in order to clean the area right so cleanliness uh, uh, dirt etc are things that are associated with what could be causing so these are also linked to ideas of like miasmatic theory which have been disproved and the vector of the disease is known uh, etc but at this point in time th- there is a default kind of going back to these outdated already outdated notions of what is actually the cause so so in some sense the vector of the disease it is the flea right and the flea is at, uh, is on the body of the rat so the so the uh, the disinfecting actually causes the rats to flee double e flee from the surrounding and actually spread uh to different parts of the yeah you talk about city. this one instant where people are like we should clean the cities and they pour disinfectant over all over the city and that actually pushes the rats out of all the places yeah, where they were hiding exactly. and actually turn into these vehicles of spreading the diseases even more and yeah. you've you've drawn it quite fabulously in like really nice detail how that how that happens and i think surat i don't know if surat was part of the same plague but surat was infamous for what happened with the with the rats and yes so surat earlier also i think i'm not so sure but uh, but the surat outbreak of 92 is interesting in terms of a technological standpoint uh, no but quickly jump back to the disinfecting bit there's always this uh, at the point there are these strict measures now we there are with which there are people that are going to live within a time is between and we have we, we have we are now living in this epoch that we have experienced uh, the plague and and we have experienced a pandemic and what it was so at the point when even in 2016 17 it it was something that you had a 100 year 150 year imagination of that there was something like this has happened it's a, a world changing event that happens on a large scale etc it's just slower uh and uh air travel and moving by plane is what kind of accelerated the spread in some sense because otherwise it was by other means of transport so that transport is uh is 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 an important kind of uh point that is new there's always going to be different conditions for the plague uh, for for any form of what we call plague spreading something something which was really nice again in terms of the ideas that you bring out is um kind of almost natural collection or reconnection with uh the local deities which were associated with plagues and with uh, measles or smallpox or something and you've you've drawn the shitala devi as as a as a figure that kind of oversees the the plague and its reading of the of the plague How, was that was that something that 
you found as your own interpretation of the place or do you think at that time there were explicit references to gods who are like gods of diseases yeah it's an ex- it is a reference to god different gods of different diseases uh, especially sitla devi is also uh, she's a goddess of health and she has neem oh i didn't know that i thought she was always i i thought she was always goddess of smallpox so smallpox by extension she's been upgraded she's now the goddess of chicken pox also so people with chicken pox oh. also pray i mean you pray no but i never really thought of her as like the goddess of health i thought she was always like as extension so this is what happens right like so like i said she's been upgraded to chicken pox so even chicken pox because neem uh, sitla devi like there are the old grand grandmother tales of like you know rubbing you rub uh, neem on the body to cool it down so that was done for skin afflictions so in in the in the kind of if you see the drawings and the visualizations of sitla devi she has neem in her uh, in her temple in her crown or she's holding it so there is in those depictions of uh, sitla devi she's always carrying neem in her hand and it and it denotes like health as one aspect of it smallpox yes so the reason why i was specifically looking at sitla devi and then there's the other goddess is ola bibi she's a bengali goddess ola bibi became uh, the goddess she's the goddess of cholera so these creations and these myths this creation of these goddesses are also that you give offering in order to appease so that then there won't be like in terms of fighting the disease right so for prevention also so when you pray to the goddess of a certain disease you won't be afflicted with that disease mm. that's the idea also uh, and it's there for every you go across the country it will be specific goddesses and specific people and specific gods and uh, saints etc that are uh, you ke- you keep them happy right and uh, so i want at the point when the plague hits cholera and smallpox is endemic within india within the region it's in maharashtra it's in different parts play so so in my drawing it's a long it's a scroll drawing of about 10 feet by 2 feet and on either side of the drawing i place both these goddesses and they both are looking into the drawing so to speak while the drawing itself is the events of the of the city or in the city of bombay specifically the various clamp down that is taking place due to the british uh, officials so the colonial authorities are now clamping down so there's a david arnold quote uh, which i think i should read which is in his book colonizing the body so he says a likely explanation for the virtual absence of a plague deity compared to smallpox sitla or cholera zola bb is that the state's plague operations often preceded the arrival of the disease itself and were far more distressing so it was the state's motives which provoked a crisis of comprehension not the not the activities of an irate or capricious goddess so mm. so this quote essentially helped me anchor uh and he's a medical historian so yes we have him on our list so so, so he he kind of so so david arnold kind of frames the drawing for me you know in some sense i was quite happy he went and saw the drawing to in welcome he did he's i think he's a he's a retired professor emeritus now um a, a hush 
falls upon the room every time he walks up and down welcome library but uh, really but uh, yeah so it was really nice that uh, his this quote really struck me as being like there is no plague goddess although there later on there are kind of uh, uh, there is one very interesting uh, episode where in calcutta in one of the trams a, a goddess uh, a, a woman walks in uh walks into a into a tram and she says i am the plague goddess and everybody ran away including the tram driver so this is a kind of a, a small anecdote which is you know beyond a point and there would be someone that you would want to pray to in order to not give, give you the plague so that reference of that deference in some sense was something that i was very interested in and it became the framework for my entire drawing and it's like the colonial theater we are, the, the two goddesses are watching like because those two diseases are in some sense contained while while the plague captures the imagination and it also has this kind of uh, it's it's immediate and it's scary no one knows what to do so and and over that the colonial authorities kind of clamping down wanting to enter people's homes becomes a way for them to know what's even happening within the state framework so i want to pick out on like two things you you mentioned we'll we'll put it as two separate uh, questions the first one you mentioned capturing the the imagination of the plague and i'm going to tie this very closely with your process of ending up with the drawing and the drawing itself you did a lot of archival research i assume you spent like weeks and months at the ishtar library and one of the archival more Years before that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and and one of your so well, like archival sources that was very fascinating was the comic series from the newspaper hindi punch and uh, it's also something that i wanted to touch upon and you you mentioned earlier was in in terms of catching the imagination of course the hindi punch comic series has a very satirical way of recording the events that are ongoing right from the misinformation to the inoculation and you know people trying to run away and there's this one very fascinating cartoon of a gujarati family trying to get a hot air balloon and be like okay if we like fly high up in the sky we'll be away from the plague so in in terms of capturing that imagination do you want to talk a little bit about how this is also a way of recording subaltern history so the idea was to record this kind of subaltern history but it's or in some sense look for alternate archives and because there is the colonial lot of the, lot of the work that i do is also when i'm looking at the colonial archive which is the which is the omnipresent correct which would be like the government documents and your records and numbers and this and that right yeah the government documentation if you go to the state archives the old archives anything that you look at it's the the, the overarching kind of document that you're going to see is something that has been penned by the state and a lot of my work is in some sense looking at it as a critique of that so what i do is like the the, the colonial document if you look at it long enough it shows itself up for what it's unable to do what it's not ready to do so there is a certain way that uh, people are thought of the, what is happening the people are treated their of of a, of a city are treated gives you a clue as to what is happening right the 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 colonial archive outs itself in some sense right so that was one kind of work that is constant and it comes out in the the snow report for example which is the commissioner of bombay at the time and there's another uh, uh, commissioner a gataker so these two uh, 
these two people had kind of they were the commissioners of bombay at the time of in the successive years so there is a six month report that is being written about what's happening and it's a detailed report and one of them in the beginning of the report is something known as the index of evidence so this index of evidence is a very interesting uh, uh, document because it it says what is the actual cause and it says what could be the speculatively what could mm. be the cause but everything is treated as data so it will say equally say that the the gujarati traveler who is going to go to surat uh, every two weeks because he catches a train he's the carrier he's the vector of the disease and right below that it will be written a rat could be the vector of the disease so reading that data reads uh, it's it's a form of looking at how people are being perceived as who could be the vector of the actual disease whether it's the surroundings that people live in or what that, that links to miasmatic theory like miasmatic theory and that so those causes are kind of take their own route right now in terms of an alt that's one way of looking at it the alternate was i was looking for alternate archives and uh, it was the medical historian mridula ramana who told me to kind of look at the hindi punch which is actually the parsi punch they changed the name to the hindi punch to increase their viewership so it's base so it's basically the par- the, the hindi punch is the set of people could be mostly parsi could be mixed in some sense they are creating this alternate archive and they are creating this kind of comic uh it comes from the punch if you see the british magazine punch is also a comic cartoon book a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, a kind of a newsletter that is released every month and uh, so the hindi punch or the parsi punch is the, uh, the indian version of it and what it what's really interesting is that even if it's not actually documenting the event itself or what the government is doing it becomes this kind of form of a potent critique uh because what it does is it it uh will talk about say there's there's a comic that says that oh i wish people would like trust waldemar hafkin more and people will get inoculated so they're saying that people are not getting inoculated that's the embedded data that you're reading and uh, people are scared for example so they make these kind of speculative storyboards where it's uh, where someone is saying that quick quick hide the body of your dead brother because they are going to come and take right. him away which is which ties well with what you were saying about colonial authority literally like raiding people's houses and taking yes. people who were who were sick taking people and then the other thing is people are scared that they think that if you put them in a the hospital they're going to die and if they're dying of the plague that is the added kind of fear so that fear is uh, uh you know so vaccine is the inoculation of fear as one comic you know which was uh, which was, so these so the hindi punch becomes this very interesting archive because even though it's a comic that is a speculative setting of it's it's actually tying into actual events that are happening and and it's also a form of lampooning of the government because it's the government allows it it allows it because people need that like comic relief you know so it it's obviously very it's a heavy time uh, like how we also felt you know in terms of covid in the beginning as time passes the fear abates you know you washing your hands four times and then you washing it twice and then 
डिजीज you see a hindi drawing where men are on stilts and they're saying now the plague cannot come through the stilts and because it comes through feet through dirt and that's how you get plague you know or the opposite is the like you mentioned the speculative uh, setting where uh, uh, the sun's rays will destroy the plague microbes so we'll go in a balloon and we'll that balloon will carry us uh, outside above the surface so even the the ground cannot uh, touch us so it's a it's 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 something that within a family setting someone is saying to to just feel better you're, you're dreaming that possibility so i make the drawing of the balloon and i use the setting of the three of them on this couch or whatever and i place that in the balloon so they are, they are kind of flying away out of danger so how do people deal uh how are you dealing with this disease what is your fear what is your you know uh like the deepest fear we all had some of that in the beginning and and all of this is not happening at the time when i'm doing this drawing uh it's it's just starts all of it kind of starts coming coming true in some sense and and the second thing i wanted to pull from what you said earlier was about the colonial management of the of the plague and there's been a lot of critique and there's also been some very interesting documents that you've uh, kind of cross reference into interactive version of the drawing where when you kind of hover over this one part they're talking about potential disinfectants and they're also noting down what effect different disinfectants has something like lime and you're like okay it worked in this proportion and that proportion and this did and this didn't like all sorts of funny things including drawings for mobile ambulances on carts and this and that and i think what was really fascinating was to see the kind of effect this particular management and the way of handling the the plague had on the urban landscape the the, the city and the town itself and at one point i think uh, there was something about how after the plague there was a development of a sewage system and this is also something you know a lot of urban designers architects kind of speculated during covid is you know are our cities built to blah 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 can you talk about some instances from the research that kind of highlight this nexus of the colonial rule and the city and planning and and design and how it all intertwines and has historically intertwined every time there has been a medical emergency of this sorts i mean it's in some form of looking at like medical infrastructure i mean at that point the term of medic of infrastructure itself is not a term yeah infra- infrastructure is a term that has come quite recently but but if you think of it in terms of uh, it's impressive right like if you're saying that there's going to be special specific hospitals hospitals that are where the beds are placed far apart for example you know war time hospitals have a certain way that they are designed so that the passages are very wide so that in terms of in time of emergency and more uh, wounded or dead coming in uh, that uh, that you can line up the, uh, uh, the beds can be lined up even in the passages if there's no place so you can't have narrow passages in 
in wartime technically. So those war hospitals are designed differently, right? So similarly, the plague temporary shelters, hospitals that were built uh, were, were built with this idea of managing uh, these exclusion, uh, keeping people uh, kind of segregated. So there are camps that are set up. There is like the, there is all these kind of drafted diagrams of hospital uh, of the carts, medical carts. These are very beautiful drawings, huh? beautiful yeah, drawings. Gorgeous drawings, yes. So it's, so it's, it's seen as also activity. So there are, simul- and this is all happening simultaneously. Within a couple of years, there is what can be done to either uh, those who are ailing and then there is uh, designs of specific hospitals and uh, uh, kind of camps that, that are quarantine centers, etc. So all of that is a specific architecture that is now making its way into and all of this has a very visual impact on the city. There is uh, like the, the spring, there are photographs of like the using lime to kind of lime wash the walls of buildings. Ranjit, something else also which you have also drawn in Hindi Punch also says is offices marking a house with like the number of patients inside, like dead, so many, sick, so many and keeping like a very visual yeah. track record of who's alive, who's dead, like where to go, where not to go, like marking the system of marking in towns and yeah, cities yeah. and identifying those zones. I thought that was also very... That kind of harks back to even olden times and even to mythological stories of like, you know, marking... Jewish homes with pig's blood. You know, I mean, that's there. I saw that as a kid in uh, the Ten Commandments of like Charlton Heston. There's, and that's an interesting point because there is, in, in that movie, the plague that comes, there is actually, they show black clouds at, which is about the height of someone's ankle. And that those black clouds come and spread the plague, the subjects, except for the... Uh, homes that were marked mm. in Hebrew, right? So this physical manifestation becomes a visual representation of the plague. So I made a drawing about that uh, for the trust work. And also, if you see in this drawing, I don't know if it's apparent, that there is miasma that is constantly moving through the drawing. There are parts of the drawing where there are swirls. I just draw swirls. So the swirls and is supposed to be like, like clouds, like the, the miasmatic cloud, uh, which is... Which in some sense, and it's delta, it's thought of as being an entity. Like it's very metaphorical also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, exactly. And it has intelligence because it is killing, uh, right? So what is it? And now we know what it is now, but at that time, the idea that people didn't know why they were dropping down, why something was happening to them can create fear. And one way of dealing with that fear is to escape, to kind of leave. And to have this kind of mass exodus, which is, so Bombay is like, was 800,000 people, it became 400,000 people, like people left. And then over the series of like it improving, people would come back to the city, there would be another outbreak, they would leave, you know. And we saw that in COVID, where... Yeah, it's like New York story, like 101 during COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just left. Exactly. And then uh, uh, in Delhi, and a lot of people walked. So those are the other things that happened that were all similar to there's one whole section of the drawing that is essentially uh, the part of the drawing is what I call exodus which is people leaving the city and and within them is actually a goddess Mansa she carries a snake and she's a goddess of rumors I think there's 
Uh, no. I think so. I'm like, you know, this is the thing I'm forgetting. The name's familiar though, like Mansa Devi. Yeah, Mansa Devi. So she's, I've drawn her in the, in, in the host of people that are leaving the... I mean, it's not surprising, right? Like if you have goddess for smallpox, goddess of rumor sounds... Well, the markings are interesting because they are, it's actually you're marking out which, which houses have, uh, uh, which are affi- afflicted with plague. So there's a cross and a circle. And I think the circle was that there is a plague, that the person has plague. Uh, so you're, so it's kind of basically the quarantine, which we see in different forms, even in COVID. Uh, which, this, this is the state imposing these kind of rules. And so it's also to warn others. So like now having that app, you know, yeah, the, the one exactly. like you are in X radius of somebody who's who's at yes. COVID and then you would have like your... But that's how your you, remote sensing. Yeah, but that would be also if everybody downloaded the app and correct, <laughs> correct, and marked actually yeah, like honestly actually marked, marked if they would. So it's the state asking you to help yourself in some sense. Uh, in that case, while here it is visual, but it also has this kind of it's degrading because it's talking about it being dirt, the person being afflicted that you are dirty and you're not to be touched, right? So stay away. And then the second is the, 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 I think the cross is if there was some other form of affliction, which was not the plague. So it's usually circle and in the circle with the cross meant that there was some other, some other disease or something. Uh, that's what that was. But yeah, it becomes some of the ways that the public has to deal with the uh, state imposing its order and control. So forcibly going into people's homes, extracting them if they're suspected, if they find that they have symptoms, physically uh, visual symptoms, then to separate them from family members, take them to segregation camps. If they die there, you don't find out. Or if they're there for a while and then they come back. Uh, So it's everything that is kind of starts. It, It also depends on how the state behaves. Do they do enough to keep the public at bay or they really anger and does that lead to other things like riots, outbreaks, or I mean, uh, people getting coming make come to the street. So, right. so, so that leads to one very interesting thing, which was uh, uh, there's the Epidemics Act of eighteen ninety seven, which is it's a kind of in some sense a, a a form of like the Riot Act, which is you don't want more than two to three people collecting at the same time. Uh, and and the old idea of like the Riot Act is like if people come together then they will create trouble right so yeah they're conspiring against the conspiring state conspiring yeah. against the state so so that the riot act doesn't want the, the state doesn't want you to act on that in some sense and the the disease is used as the point to say that in covid it's used key not to not more than two to three people standing together because it uses the idea of like that the breath you have to stay far away in, if it's influenza and if it's it's not true for, uh, for for the plague, but it's still used. And the ironical part of it is that uh, during COVID, the same Epidemics Act of eighteen ninety seven was used to impose oh. uh, to impose the that the lockdown. No gathering, yeah. yeah. So no gathering is the same. It's the Epidemics Act of eighteen ninety seven, which was written for uh, the plague, which I'm studying. So, so it, it's not even like there's a new rule in place. It's the old, <laughs> uh, just the old riot act. You know, why change what's working? 
So Ranjit, usually my last question always is asking people what's next, but I'm going to reframe it for for you this time. So all all 30, 39 episodes have always said what's next, but I feel like I'm reflecting on our conversation today and looking at your project and the and the beautiful drawing that you've done. That it's it's a larger commentary on the role of artists as people who are able to very. openly flexibly malleably use the information available and make it more accessible in your case of course you've looked at the archives and you've put it in a format that you know people want to look at it now and i'm i'm, I'm sure after covid you probably had like a surge in the number of people who who've reached out to you because of because of the drawing it's a two-parted question what do you think about the role of art or artistic mediums in connection to history and kind of reacting to something that's happened years ago and my second part to that is it's almost i mean even if we look at our conversation today i would think of you less as an artist and more as a historian and i feel like it's it's beautiful the detail with in respect to how you've absorbed the information how you've put out the information of course you see historian writing books but in this case it's you as in the role of a historian put across something that it's not a book it's a drawing i mean if i had not probably mentioned in the intro earlier that you were an artist i think you could well have been a scholar on the bombay plague or a historian or a researcher and to me that intersection is something that i've never really thought about and i've spoken to a lot of artists in in the previous season as well but it especially maybe it's the project or maybe it's your process that i think really blurs the boundary of these two people and I've seen them as almost mutually exclusive but i think it's beautiful how have you worked with the information have you laid it out so maybe not a question but still uh no i kind of see it the in some sense not that, not that they are mutually exclusive but more as in terms of like lot of my terms a lot of my projects are kind of long durée they are very kind of they take years and years right in some sense it's a, it's the topic that interests me and the art comes later or it doesn't or even the form of like making the work or even doing research for the work for me mm. in mm. the process is i'm quite ready to do so, do research on something and then uh, not have anything happen with it uh, if it no longer suits what i set out to do or some condition change so you have to be able to walk away from that and i don't know if i don't know if i've never had to do that but you have to be ready to do that because it's not serving the purpose in some sense so a lot of my research is also to get to the bottom of something but then it moves in doesn't behave right yeah what you want to do with it you come you start any project thinking it's going to be this and it's never that it's it's always something else you're you engaging data archives etc etc change the project in its own ways i think of the artwork as not separate from the historical aspect of it but i want to kind of in some sense have the drawing itself looked at as a historical document that's my kind of interest in separated it's usually separated out from the writing about uh something it can be either a visual aid or not or whatever it it turns into so drawing for me in some sense is important because uh, i draw i paint but the meaning of that is something that is always in flux so doing research uh being in an archive studying reading a book collecting gathering 
having some response which may not be the drawing which man which may not be the correct way to try to bring out uh, forgotten histories the medium is inconsequential the main, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so and and even whether it is art or not that is also inconsequential it it could be it could be looked at aesthetically or not i like to i like drawing so as long as for me for that topic i would do it if it doesn't work i wouldn't so i'd do something else thank you so much for sharing your work we'll of course share links um for whoever is interested in seeing it and uh, we'll take right. it from there it was a pleasure thanks for having me special thanks to ayushi thakur for the research and design support and kahansha for the background score you can follow us on instagram at arc of center and reach out to us through our website arcofcenter.com that is a r c h o f f c e n t r e and thanks for listening